Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to another TMV podcast by the Muslim Vibe. Today we're talking about Black History Month, and obviously you're with your boy and I, Kanji. But today we're joined by none other than Saraya Bar and Sister Sakina Lenoir. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. <laughs> so I'm gonna do a little, a little like bio kind of like big up plug plug for the two of you because <laughs> I was, you know. I was so impressed by the effort you made when I, you know, asked for just a short brief, like, you know, because most people, you know, they, they don't give me nothing when I ask for it for them. So check it out. If you didn't know, you better get to know. But the point is, is that Sakina Lenoir is a community activist and performer. She has been performing with her group Pearls of Islam, which is like with her sister, which is like really good, um, for over a decade, providing traditional nasheeds and acoustic rhythms to audiences in the UK and around the world. Uh, one of the first first all-female Muslim performers to establish themselves in the UK, Sakina was able to be at the forefront of the Muslim creative scene in the UK, contributing not only through performances, but also through giving back to her community through two of her co-founded organisations, the Rabani Project and Tumadir Drumming School, which is again really awesome. Um, but more recently, her creative work and passion has led her to delve into the media world as she produced and presented a variety in art and lifestyle related shows for the Sky Channel British Muslim TV and the podcast on Masonic, where you might have seen myself like, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so hence I do know Sakina very well and I'm very fortunate to have met Suraya um, I believe we met the Muslim Lifestyle Expo, is that correct? Yes, it was. That was the first the time, right? Awesome FM That's radio right, station. Awesome FM radio station. We're doing a little launch and stuff, but we will speak no more about them. But the point... <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> no more free appetizers. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, more importantly though, that was where I got to experience some of your beautiful poetry, which is indeed... Uh, so to give a little back background for yourselves, guys. So Saraya Bart is a London-based poet and writer uh, who draws on the traditional West African uh, storytelling style of the griot to wax lyrically about identity, faith, the relationship with self and everything in between. She has shared her words on multimedia platforms including the Islam channel, British Muslim TV and had her work feature in an art exhibition that was dubbed Beautiful, Bold and Brave, a little bit by myself, like myself. Um, but yeah, by uh, days.com, cited as an up and coming spoken word artist to look out for on the Huffington Post website and regularly recites her poetry around the UK. Wow, that is, yeah, that's quite quite a lot of big ups there. So you guys are really doing stuff. Um, hence I had to read it and I couldn't memorize it, like, as I say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we're talking Black History Month. Um, and uh, I suppose the first question I want to get to, and I'm going to go straight into it, don't be offended by anything I ask. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate to understand a little bit better, obviously, because I is not black. but. Being African uh, myself, um, being like an adopted black brother. So my family from Kenya. Do you know I should have guessed that, but then that would have been very presumptuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have been. It would have been. And the fact that the rest of my family is Tanzania, Uganda, it's pretty much what you assume, yeah. Um, so, so as I say, you know, uh, my great grandparents were Indian um, and born in India, but. They all kind of moved to Africa to like. And you men. say you're African. You're. Well, it's it's a weird one. It's I know we're going on a big tangent here, but um, I would consider when we talk about identity, I definitely say that African is much part of my identity. I've never mm. been to India, so when someone says to me, "Do you affiliate with Indians?" Of course, yeah. from a cultural perspective, but I'm still very different to them because I've inherited African cultures. I've inherited um, other things which mm, are, that's interesting, yeah, right? are, are different. So yeah, so in a way I feel a bit like a nomad because as you may think, 
at the same time, some people wouldn't consider me African. And when yeah. I go back home, like, you know, it's like, you know, but you're not black. Like, how can you be African? Um, so it is very strange in some senses. But yeah, I feel like I'm partly African. And therefore, as I say, I feel like I have an invested interest in this topic as well, because, um, you know, why is it that we need a Black History Month? You know, um, you know, when we talk about history generally, mm. why would you need? Because as I say, you know, why do we not have an Indian History Month and a, you know, an Australian History Month, even though that take all of five minutes? Um, but you know, the point is, <laughs> a shade there. <laughs> you know, the point is, is why do you think it's necessary to have a Black History Month? I think more so in the UK and the US it's very important to have a Black History Month is because um, I think prolifically black people have experienced an entire whitewashing of their own history and when you do think of black people within history you only mainly think of them in bondage or um, as outcasts in society as difficult, um, not having much of a culture, even victims, even to victims extent. to a certain uh, to a certain extent, rather than somebody who's empowered, like yes, and mm-hmm. even the people who um, you do um, who are kind of like our pioneers and yeah. the people our role models within the community. When you think about them, they only they seem tame. Okay. So when you think about people, black prominent people in history within history that's taught mainstream in this country you're always um, taught about Mary Seacole and the Crimean War or um, Martin Luther King and I Had a Dream or um Rosa Parks and okay. um, people who believed in um, peaceful means and um, the struggle and kind of like being docile and preaching peace but you don't really hear much about Malcolm X and when you do mm. it's very negative mm. he was problematic mm. um, Muhammad Ali, he transcends race now because he's a national loved well, this hero. This is an interesting one we're getting into in that, you know, should that be the case or should it be something whereby it is more that you can claim him for yourself? Do you get what I mean? Because do you think it dilutes uh, some of his achievements by now saying he transcends race? Because in actual fact, as you would say, um, at that time, you know, he definitely didn't transcend race at that time because he was getting a lot of And he of still grief. does it today. What, what does transcend race mean? Yeah, like, that? who transcends race? <laughs> I'm colourless. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. only people that... It's so funny because you always say people, I don't see colour. Mm. Or you always hear about, you know, in Islam, as Muslims, uh, Allah created us as, as Muslims, so we're not black, we're not white. And I just don't understand that opinion because mm. you, you look at Islam and you look at what it says in the Quran, you know, the, the verse that Allah created us all in different tribes and colors so that we can recognize one, one another, you know? So Allah is telling us, you're black, you're white, you're different tribes, you're brown, whatever it may be, that is a beauty mm-hmm. and you shouldn't try and hide that. Right. And unfortunately, when we look, coming back to the question about Black History Month, mm-hmm. um, this is one of the reasons why we need to have Black History Month. Okay. But then again, you do have the opinion of, why is it just one month? Which is true, and I, I totally agree with that. Black History Month originally was uh, started 30 years ago, so we're in our 30th year, which is brilliant. Um, and it started with the idea of celebrating history. That was the sole purpose, right. to celebrate 
and acknowledge history within the black community, but also within the wider community. Okay. And I think it's important that it's a beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's a beginning and inshallah, hopefully, through Black History Month, we're able to go into the education system and encourage, so we're changing that kind of narrative of just talking about Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. just talking about Malcolm X as a rebel, mm -hmm. um, but we go even further. Mm -hmm. We look at history, we look at culture, and realize that Black History Month should be, ideally, every single day, as they always say, just with birthdays and Mother's Day and so on. It should be every single day, but it's not. So for in the meantime, let's have it for a month. Mm -hmm. um, let's celebrate it, let's acknowledge, let's learn. You know. Okay, but then let me ask you uh, this then, because whilst uh, we're discussing it from the perspective of whitewashing, um, do you not feel that there's a lot of other ethnic histories, whether it be, as I say, mentioned, if we look at the British Empire and what they did in India, um, you know, I was just recently talking to someone um, and there were actually parliamentary speeches whereby, you know, um, MPs and lords would return back saying, look, the only way we can dominate and actually like rule these people is by making them believe that everything of theirs is of no value. <laughs> However, what they realise mm. and what they were admitting to everyone else is that they are the most richest and most wealthy country. Mm. When we think of India now, would you ever think no. it was the most advanced country at one stage mm. and that was only 200 years ago right so this is what i mean do you feel that okay yes we have black history month but is it what would you say to people saying that's tokenism you know the idea that but what about everybody else do we not deserve a chinese history month an indian history month or you know do you do you get what i mean sorry you're making a face there sorry, no, like, no i don't agree with that oh, because please. it's like if you go into central london yeah. the chinese have chinatown right and they have road signs underneath is in the Chinese um, script. Yes. You go to certain parts of East London mm -hmm. and you see um, Bengali script. True, Brick and Lane. Other, uh, Brick Lane, mm -hmm. exactly. So um, those societies, they've managed to um, integrate effectively into um, British society. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, with black people, I don't see a road called Mary Seacole Road or anything. There's a one called Black Boy Lane. <laughs> 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 there's a record black boy lane. You know, I don't know this. There's a lot of pubs called the With black. a random in a hoodie. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of we, we're named after a lot of pubs, but yeah. that's derogatory. Mm. And when you think about um, how black people came to be in this society, anyway, it's a direct route to the transatlantic slave trade. Right. And the main reason why slavery happened in the first place, um, the enslavement of African people, is because the Pope. Um, um, the first settlers, they basically said that, um, long story short, slavery used to be rife um, within Europe, yeah. but it got abolished by um, Catholicism saying that if a person possesses a soul, then they don't need, the, it is wrong, it is a sin to enslave them. Okay. So when they started doing, um, um, doing their escapades and discovering the new world, <laughs> um, they came across um, the Africans and they went back to the Pope and said these people are savages mm -hmm. and they don't possess a soul mm -hmm. so if they don't possess a soul we can enslave them wow. and slave and that's how slavery was given that's the funds up for no idea this is why black history month needs to be about because obviously i was aware of the fact that the first idea of slavery was that of their own in terms of that it was a classes system mm -hmm. rather than one of ethnicity it was them enslaving their own it was more opportunistic more about power and elitism but like you say um there came a point whereby 
it was more resourceful and more financially feasible almost to go abroad and you know and then justifying it through this narrative of savagery okay so that's interesting but how also then um some would argue though are we in some way though perpetuating our own kind of almost chip on our shoulder by living in the past, you know, because as I say, oppression has happened to so many. And if this was the case, we basically need to just, let's call it, you know, anti-black imperialism like year, because, mm. you know, sorry, anti like British imperialism year, because the point is, is that they've caused so many atrocities over the years to so many different countries and cultures. Yeah. Do they not all deserve, you know, um, to have the same kind of feeling that, you know, uh, whereby, you know, people need to be reminded? Or do you not think that, you know... I, I think the know. problem is... Mm. So it's, a friend asked me the other day, she's a beautiful friend, I love her. <laughs> but she said to me, why are black people so passionate about being black? Yeah. Um, and I just thought, when she asked me that, I was kind of like, oh, great, it's, it's one of these questions. But I understand where she's coming from. It's the same as you mentioned, the chip on the shoulder, mm. that black people have gotten... Like, any time you talk about race, it's like, oh, you've got a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Now that's being transformed into, why are you so passionate? Why are you always talking about race? Mm. And it's it's frustrating mm. because... Do you get that a lot yourself personally? Of course. Yeah. People think, just because I am passionate about my race, mm -hmm. just because uh, I like to talk about black um, matters, I like to talk about black lives matter, it's the mm. same thing, the black lives matter and all lives matter. Mm. Because I'm saying black lives matter does not mean I'm saying that white people do not matter, does not mean I'm saying that Chinese people do does not matter. It's the same thing with Black History Month. Just because there's a month dedicated to black history does not mean I don't think there should be a month dedicated to Chinese history. We need to know about Chinese history. It was only through this year, to be honest, watching the BBC and what they did um, on the, the partition, I learned so much. I never actually mm. knew about all of that was going on. But I found out, know? I'm not sure even if, how authentically true this is, but it may be, but I believe one of the first discoverers of America possibly was a Chinese Muslim. Okay. I, um, you know, it's okay. really interesting, actually. Um, but yeah, no, yeah these things know. we should know. But this is the point, right? These know. are things we which I know. would not have had a clue yeah. of. Um, we should know. They don't, they don't we don't need to know them in Black History Month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Black History Month should be about yeah, Black History, yeah. but we do need to know about them. And just because we're talking about being black, just because mm. I say I love black people, I love black men, does not mean I'm saying that I love black women too. Does not mean that I'm saying I don't like white people. I heard that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we can love everyone, but mm. at the same time, Love yourself as well. Love your own people. Black people have been constantly, when we talk about why are black people always talking about race, mm. for 500, 600 years, mm. that's all uh, Europeans talked about. Right, okay, right. that's what that's how slavery started, as, as Soraya said. Yeah. It was about race, yeah. okay? So to turn around into my face and say now, okay, now that slavery's over, you guys need to stop talking about race. Hmm. What about the 500 and 600 years? Mm. You know what I mean? You can't just like, okay, stop talking about race. That's mm. affected my whole entire life. Mm. That's affected my ancestors. Mm. Don't tell me now, okay, stop talking about it. So do you think maybe the onus is on these other ethnicities rather than turning around and saying, you know, oh, you've got a chip on your shoulder or you need to get over it or, you know, uh, we don't, you know, we've been oppressed and we don't act the same. Rather than that, maybe they're in denial of their own roots and maybe they, as yeah. communities, need to do the same and learn from Black History I Month so. and the passion of the Black community. Because as I say, I would love to know, you know, what contribution India made to the world. Yeah. I would love to know what the Middle East did, what all these yeah. other different 
different you know communities and uh, historical you know eras produced because yeah. as you say just like we know about Islamic history it can easily be forgotten if mm. we leave the victors to constantly rewrite the history and implement it and you mentioned earlier actually about schools um, so what your what is your opinion then on how history is taught in school um, because as you mentioned before you know there's only certain figures which are brought up even when we do cover black history yeah. um, so you know I mean uh, you know, I'll start with Sakina and then Saraya you can also uh, jump in on what your experience of school was like but and what you think of schools today because I don't know how much activity uh, you've had within schools with mm. your projects or whatnot, or even just interacting with young people who are in education but yeah what was your experience of history in school um, and what do you think of the way that they teach history and you know the relevance of black history within that I think so I was in school not long ago <laughs> <laughs> only, a couple, only a couple of years ago yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know secondary school yeah last week last week yeah, yeah last yeah. week um, so I can't actually remember too much about school fair play, fair play. <laughs> but I do remember as, as Saray it was that kind of because I did religious studies as an A-level as well so it was that kind of thing of focusing on Malcolm X focusing on Martin Luther King um, and even when you looked at the history, the Tudors and all of that stuff, I do think it's very important, not only that we have to make sure we learn black history, Chinese history, mm. Indian history, but we also learn British history. Like we don't, yeah. what we learn, like when we learn about, we think that slavery is my history. Right. Slavery is not my history. Mm, 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 slavery mm. is British history. Yes. So you need to learn about slavery. Mm. You need to learn about the partition. It's not mm. Indian history. Because no. history, that's, how are you going to confine a whole nation to some slavery? Or mm. how are you going to confine a whole nation to when the British people came in? Mm. It's there, it's British people's history or English history or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it's important that they're honest with themselves. Mm. They're honest that yes, they did kind of conquer and ruin the whole entire world, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And they, but they need to be honest on, on they did achieve a lot, mm-hmm. the British Empire, yes, they achieved a lot, but be real, you achieved a lot, but you ruined everyone's life, yeah, you know? No, no. You ruined a lot of, yeah, else, you yeah. did. And you have, to, you have to teach your children that. You also need to teach your children. I remember seeing, um, why do they need to teach their children? Because that? they need Never. to know who they who they are. Like people are complaining about what is it to be British, what is it to be English, mm. and I think it's important that as English people, as white people, they need to learn their culture and they need to learn to love themselves as well. Mm. This is the problem when we talk about white, we don't see it as a color. It's a default kind of. We see black as a color, we see Asian as a color, but when it comes to white, it kind of just it's this default race. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even to even to to a certain extent culture in itself yeah um you know because people will almost like mockingly go yeah they got fish and chips but it's not like there's a definitive culture people yeah. can't even describe and they do it have a cult- they, honestly they english people their culture is beautiful mm. and i think it's important just like how i'm trying to find my culture it's very very important that english people i'm, I'm specifically talking about english people because mm. i feel like scottish and welsh and irish people have is more it? of a, yeah. a co- like they kind they of have, have their own identity their own. Yeah. Like, yeah and they seem a bit more kind of proud in that the English people are still kind of figuring out like as you said it's only fish and chips but there's so mm. much more mm. they have a beautiful culture and they have beautiful ways and they need to find that and that's what they should be teaching in schools English culture as well as teaching about the realities of what happened in Australia about the realities of what happened in America and in the Caribbean we need to learn this because it's real and that's what history is meant to be it's meant to be facts mm, indeed you know? so Soraya um, yeah. to you then like I mean school for you and history itself were you motivated by it because obviously as people who have now gone and researched your history and are obviously educated in that respect. Were you always that way? Were you always, you know, interested in your own history or the wider history itself? Or was this something through experience that then galvanized within you? Were you inclined that way at school? Like, as I say, were you given the foundations at school or was it a very limited history again? 
I think just in general, I'm curious by default. Right. So um, my, um, I think my first instance of black history was in secondary school, year seven. And we were told to do like a PowerPoint slide mm. on um, figures in black history. And I remember I was adamant on doing Malcolm X and my teacher was trying to steer me. Why don't you do um, Why don't you do a PowerPoint on um, Harriet Tubman or Rosa Parks? And I was like, no, I want to do it on Malcolm X because, and they're like, but why? And I was like, well, this is a man, that, <laughs> why not? And um, we used to have like, a, we had framed photos in my living room of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King's um, image of when he was delivering I have a dream speech yeah. and we had a photo a frame photo of Nelson Mandela in our living room okay. so I was like well I've seen him all my life I might as well do research on that um I've always been intrigued by history like Sakina said mm. British history is fascinating mm. really really fascinating and um I guess when I done my A-levels no, not A-levels, GCSEs in history, we touched on black history, mm. but it was more of a focus on America. Right. I was like, okay, well, there's this big gap. You fill in, like, slavery and the transatlantic slave trade, but there's this big gap where Britain, essentially, was running the, um, the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. And there's a big focus on what happened to black people in America yeah. and in the Caribbean. Mm. But what about the black people yeah. in, in Britain? Mm. And it was from there that I actually, um, my grandfather had a book, a really big, thick book that's got that, that was black and it had like orange chains and it's called A History of Slavery. Now, slavery has happened from when time was first, doc, history was first documented in Mesopotamia, which is now modern day Iraq. Mm -hmm. Slavery is something that has, happen in every human civilization you can think of slavery happened in this country but when you think about slavery nowadays you instantly think of africans in chains mm. it's so true because as i say even when you watch television you start to realize that from these periodic kind of tv programs um that you're like hold on a second so they had slaves back in the mm. day which were white which were this which were that um it wasn't necessarily in fact the slave master i was, was watching a program the other day spartacus um the slave master was a black man and mm. the slave was uh, a, a european you know for um, me i mean you you've got downton abbey and they're drinking tea where's the tea from it was from india <laughs> well it, again so this is another interesting point even the fact that we assume that the first black person in england was a slave because of the slave trade this is another thing which i was flabbergasted by when were the first faces of color in england yeah. and it was way back way, way before back. that and it was got not, it had nothing to do with that at that stage yeah. it was just over industry and work and, yeah. uh, and there's movement a of migration. very interesting book i can't remember the author though but it was like black people in britain through history and believe it or not um elizabeth queen elizabeth the first was actually writing a legislation to get to get black people out because she was worried about um, migration and overpopulation of black people. Wow. So all of these migrants have been narrative. happening for Brexit. centuries. All over. Brexit for all over. But wow. again, there's a whitewashing of because maybe they are ashamed because they got to then admit to the atrocities yeah. and yeah. that um, systemic racism does exist yeah. and it has happened for years and 
it will make people feel very uncomfortable because then the reality of a lot of um, mm. British people, irrespective of race, the re- the reality of a lot of British people will completely change mm. because it's um, because these negative stereotypes of a race has been um, has been perpetuated. And realistically speaking, when you think about it, I yeah. do understand that a lot of um, a lot of our brothers and sisters who do fall under the BAME mm. um, category mm. have experienced some injustices too. However, I, I personally believe, and I think a lot of black people will say the same thing, it's not as it, it, it's not it's not even a fraction to what black people have experienced. I don't, know, I don't think you should, I don't think we can compare it. I think when you start comparing atrocities, like to us, that is like the yeah. worst thing ever. Yeah. But to what happened in in in, in India and well, what's happening in Burma? You know what's happening? I think instance, it's like, you know, that's where we sometimes we can go down like a, a really kind of crazy road where you start comparing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, mm-hmm. when it, when when I look at the slave trade, especially as a Caribbean, yeah, um, I just I can't understand. Like it just it gets me so angry, it gets me so frustrated, mm. 500, 600 years, but then I also have to realise that that's my personal story. For someone that whose who's grand, grandma or grandpa went through the partition, yeah. that's, for them, I can never fully understand what they went through and what their yeah. family went through. Yeah. But to compare it is a bit dangerous, but I think we do need to recognise each other's struggles, yeah. and I think we shouldn't have to um, uh, put it in like a... A hierarchy or anything Yeah, no, like definitely, that, because but, um, otherwise I think it becomes very divisive then and it defeats the purpose. Yeah, we of, need to be together to yeah. fight against, uh, you know, the people on top. The people who are oppressing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah we need to be, yeah, as, yeah. we need to come together and fight for the people on top. And that's nothing to do with colour. That's just like, that's oppression and those that are on top, you know. Well, look, I mean, Soraya, you mentioned systemic, uh, you know, racism. Or what would you say then to people who argue, you know, looking at statistics, looking at, you know, the way in which uh, society and culture is today, you know, what would you say to people that, for instance, would argue that responsibly ultimately lies at the feet of your own community in the sense that, for instance, whether we're talking about crime, we're talking about employment, education, you know, um, the judicial biases, you know, the disproportionate amount of black people in prison, you know, black on black killing, for instance, you know. What would you say to people? Because a lot of people can't really understand and don't identify with it and often think to themselves like, I've been through hardship. You know, I sorted myself out, you know, I got educated, I came from a council estate, or I was from a single parent family, like, you know, I managed to deal with my hardships, so why is it that the black community is struggling? Is it all down to systemic racism, or is there some sort of, uh, you know, responsibility people need to claim for themselves? I think it's an amalgamation of all of the above, if I'm to be 100% honest. Um... Because there are people who, there are black people who do come from a, um, from a working class background, Mm. probably don't have the best prospects um, given to them, but they still succeed. Mm. So I guess a lot of it is down to personal perseverance against all odds. Right. However, you cannot deny that in, um, in certain areas which have a high black population and they are working class, that there are um, disadvantages that they face. Mm. Unfortunately, I can't be the um, model spokesperson for that because um, my my journey, my background is different. Mm -hmm. I come from a middle class background. Um, But from what I can see, with majority of working class um, environments, if you're constantly exposed to um, 
a low standard of life, mm-hmm. difficulties with working, mm-hmm. you're, um, you're in an area where the police target those areas. Yeah. They monitor those areas a lot more yeah. than I have experienced. They profile a certain They profile person. a certain person. Yeah, yeah. They have like a checklist and there's an amazing book that I've, um, I've, I'm currently reading mm. called Why I No Longer Talk to White People About Race by um, a black sister called Rennie Edo Lodge. Mm. And she highlights certain things which I can't articulate at, mm, as eloquently. Yeah. She's brilliantly put it down that yeah. yes, you can, you, yes, that you can succeed as a black person but when there are tangible tangible statistics and evidence that th- there's a system working against against yeah. black people yeah. where um teachers are already kind of like putting negative biases against their black students mm. from as young as when, they come, when you come out of, when, you, when you're born man you're, when you're born. You've, got, you've got the system <laughs> against you <laughs> you know so it's like it's not a case of where people have a chip on their shoulders but it's literally um everybody is different and everybody's environment is different but if you're constantly in a cesspit and you're trying to get clean in a cesspit how is that going to happen unless you kind of like tip it over and then end up in a clean stream Mm, that's Mm. an interesting analogy i mean well Yourself, you mentioned, like, you know, you're from a middle-class background. Like, I know, like, for instance, Sakina, you come from a very stable, you know, warm family, like, you know. Um, so when, you know, it's off, it's sad that we even make these statements, even me included, whereby you almost group a people together with an idea of, you know, depravity, you know, like the idea that, like I say, you know, black lives in America will immediately be associated with those themes. Yeah. <clears throat> sorry but <clears throat> when we know there's obviously lots of affluent black people lots of successful black people however why are we still having this conversation because it still is a case of how many black billionaires are there how many black you know uh, people are there in powers and um, positions of authority where they can yeah. affect decision how many people you know um entrepreneurs and you know like empowering their community giving startup aid to you know young people within the black community all these kind of things still seem to be lacking whereas in other communities if we look at the jewish community small number of people somehow very little poverty Mm. somehow everyone seems to be successful it's really strange like it's it's, you know what it's hard to kind of balance because there is when you talked about black on black crime there is a a problem of black on black crime there's also a problem of white on white crime because that's huge Mm -hmm. um but we just don't label it white on white crime we label Mm -hmm. it crime um (laughs) but black on black crime there is a problem yeah i think i kind of agree with soraya where when we look at poverty poverty and crime statistics relate they're kind of they correlate, right? That's the right word. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. you're if you're the more likely if you're in a poor background, it's more likely that you're going to kind of commit a crime, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also to do when we look at, and I don't want to kind of bring in slavery again, but yeah. I am um, because I do believe that the situation that the black community in is in, and it is difficult to kind of label paint the black community as one color. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are all black, but <laughs> you know what I mean by one 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 kind of brush, but um. It is to do, and I can only relate coming from a Caribbean community. My parents came when they were about like 13. My mother came when she was 13 and my dad came when he was even younger. Um, they came and their their parents worked hard. My grandfather was a carpenter. My, my I think both of my, you know what, that's interesting. Both my grandparents were carpenters. Yeah, sorry, I just figured that out. So they're both carpenters and I think 
they came and they worked ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. You know, they worked so hard. Uh, one of my grandparents were able to buy a house and so on. Um, but regardless of how much you work, the system is against you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to put in extra, extra, extra work because of the system, mm-hmm. and that system has been in place. Why? Because if we look back at slavery now, imagine kind of as as the British, this British country, they got 500 and 600 years of free labor, mm-hmm. okay? Free labor invested into their country, okay? So naturally, it's gonna be an amazing country with an am- amazing, you know, economy. yeah, economy. They're gonna be amazing because they've got 500, 600 years of labor. I don't even know if the, those numbers are 100% right, but it's a lot of labor they've got free. Mm-hmm. My people, we were the labor, do you know what I mean? We were the people that were working. And then when slavery was over, then it went, then we went into kind of them um, colonizing us, okay? And so what do we have? We, we don't have anything. So we have to come into this country with nothing and we have to work twice as hard as everybody else. So to say... And just to kind of like piggyback off of the twice as hard, imagine as a young child having that drilled in by your parents yeah you have to work twice as hard to get just a fraction Did of your parents, somebody would your parents do that like would your parents constantly remind you of that fact yeah that you're in a almost disadvantageous position you're starting behind the startup line that is something that happens to this day mm-hmm. that is a conversation that uh, that every black household hears mm. you have to work twice as hard to achieve half of what somebody who doesn't look like you has. Yeah. Right, right. And that's regardless of what class you're coming from. Do you mm. know what I mean? That doesn't even matter if you're middle class, working class, whatever class, mm. you still have to put that in. And that's and that's unfortunate, but that's a reality. Mm. Um, and that is one of the reasons why, unfortunately, when we look at the black community, there are many issues, there are many, many problems that we have and that we have to work with as a community. But we also have to realise we can't place everyone on the same level field. Like, we put every community on the same. Like, we're all the same. Yeah. Why aren't you achieving this? Why aren't you doing this? There's reasons because of history. That is, that is reality. Well, I mean, because... Some- some people, uh, one individual specifically said, I feel you're not fully aware or knowledgeable of history. It repeats itself. I have no understanding of what they're trying to insinuate. What would you take from that when someone makes a comment like that? It repeats itself. History is very secular, but um, I do agree with that to a certain extent. But just because history repeats itself, it doesn't mean that it, it, it repeats itself exactly the same. Otherwise, we'd all be in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> to be honest and but these are the kind of comments you'll get from people and I don't know whether they're trying to say get but over this is, it I don't like, understand you know, it either what saying, because it's like realistically it. speaking every other um, like race of r- race of people who've undergone um, an atrocity or a genocide somehow or other they have received some form of reparations like the Native Americans like the um, the Jewish um, community as Mm -hmm. you mentioned due to the Holocaust Mm -hmm. but black people haven't received that and they don't really have that and even if you were to say okay um, you have the African countries but majority of African countries are celebrating independence because they were part of the commonwealth Mm. so the commonwealth is named that because they were paying directly to Britain, which was termed yeah. as the motherland. And they're, yeah. still, pa- they're still paying, that's the yeah. thing. They're and they're still, still paying, paying yeah. towards yeah. that. So um, I don't understand why people have such a hang-up about us having a Black History Month. And vocalising. And vocalising it. Yeah. And even presenting a different narrative than you're used to. Hmm. 
Mm. I don't really understand that comment though. I don't, well, like I really I, don't understand. I, I, neither do I. I mean, Christine, I'm not a historian, so I don't love really Christine. Breed love. Uh, I beg you, breed some understanding of what you're chatting about because we don't really understand. Yeah. Um, but as I say, it's it's one whereby a lot of people um, would not be confident enough to say it to your face but I've heard it in conversations as I say that's why we spent the majority of the first 20 minutes discussing this because of the fact that you know it has to be stated like well like we said what is the importance I mean what would you hope to be the impact because as a middle-class person or somebody who as we said you know doesn't come from the demographic that one would typically associate with um, this discussion However, being told from a young age that you're going to be, you know, behind and therefore you've got to work twice as hard, you're going to be, um, you know, discriminated against, you're going to yeah. be picked upon, you know, I'm sure just like me, you've been stopped many a time by police. Well, I think so black like, men get it a, 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 lot. Get a lot. Have you, have you been yeah. stopped? Have I been stopped? No. Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't. Yeah. No, I haven't. Well, that's an not, interesting not yet, one anyway. in itself. Not yet, yeah. After this, you will be like, yeah. Um, but no, that's an interesting one in itself because though I'm not black, you know, as a brother of colour in yeah. this country, like you say, as an as an ethnic of colour, I get stopped everywhere I go. Yeah. Literally everywhere I go. If it's airports, I get stopped. I'm guaranteed. I've never once been to the airport and not been stopped. Can you mm. believe that? When did you start getting stopped at the airport, if you don't mind me asking? Um, to be honest, uh, I would say, because I'm a bit older than Mandem, I think I started getting stopped from like 14, 15. So this was before... So this was before the, the terrorism. Before, before um, yeah, the whole 9-11 um, okay. and stuff. So I'm just talking about systemic racism, mm, just okay. generally. The minute I got a car at 17, that was actually when... Uh, 9-11 happened 2001 right um, I got a car and everywhere I went I'd be getting stopped everywhere I'd be yeah. getting stopped and, and as I say it still happens to this day so it's interesting though as women you haven't necessarily experienced the same thing from the authorities but would that then be an argument to say that then so what's the issue no because is this not a male thing then rather than a female thing like oh no women get it too we may not get stopped by the police but <laughs> A lot of the time in office environments or in any sort of environments, I as a black woman have to be very careful with how I rea react to certain yeah. um, scenarios or if I Can feel as I've been. Okay, um, say yeah. this interview was to start late, yeah. and I've got. I'm on a tight time schedule mm -hmm. and I'm a bit irritated. Yeah. I have to think twice about whether to show my irritation or not, otherwise I'm going to have this negative connotation that I'm an angry black mm. woman. Okay. Or yeah. if okay. some, if you disrespect me yeah. and I react, yeah. all of a sudden, oh, I'm in, you're, you're intimidating, I'm intimidate, you're intimidating, um, I feel uncomfortable around you. So that, in my, it, psychologically is like um, mind boggling for me because even though I'm a human and I should express how I feel mm. I'm almost being restricted with how I'm behaved because of um, negative stereotypes about yeah. me right interesting yeah. so you're nodding in the yeah, same no, yeah, yeah. obviously when it comes to black men um, you know we, we kind of everyone faces different stereotypes and different struggles and it's yeah. important that we're not necessarily divided by our gender it's it's something it's a it's something that we all need to kind of try and fight and fight against but when it does come to the the woman this angry black woman uh the the black woman is very animal like you know um these are things that are just a norm 
Really? It's just, you, of course, yeah. it's normal. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's, it's funny because when you actually think about it, then you're like, oh, wait, it's not normal and it shouldn't be normal. Mm. But it's, it's this idea of you always have to think twice about how you're going to express yourself because you don't want to be painted on, you know, she's the angry black woman or she's the ghetto because all black people are from the ghetto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like somebody of um, Diane, that Diane Abbott's caliber, she has literally been tarred as the angry black woman. Mm. When realistically speaking, she's just very passionate about issues as anybody else would be. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I mean, well, actually that was, a, I was gonna use a very bad Were analogy. Were you gonna get angry? No, I was gonna um, talk about Theresa May, but <laughs> she's already, she gets, she's kind of like being categorized yeah, she as somebody. she gets it bad as well. She gets it quite <laughs> bad as well, but it's like, let's just think of somebody like, oh, I don't know. Um, Who's like a national treasure? A woman, that's yeah. a national treasure. Yeah, like well, if it's America, it'd be Oprah, like you know, in the sense of like you know. But even Oprah, to she a transcends race. Extent, she transcends <laughs> race. She's, she's no not in black. Italy, apparently. Though not in Italy, apparently. But, is that um, when she tried to buy a ring? Well, that was the one yeah. where she went to buy that bag, isn't it? Oh, it was and a like, bag. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, it in yeah, Italy yeah. or Switzerland? I think it was. It might be in Switzerland. It, oh, you yeah. might be right. Actually, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. But okay, look. I mean. So, uh, again, you know, it, I'm looking now to think of, you know, people like Dr. Omar Johnson, which we were respect, mm. talking about earlier on. Um, because, so we've looked at the negative aspects of it, you know, the whole kind of backlash that you get for even speaking about your race, being proud of your race. We've discussed the idea of why it's beneficial to educate people of black history. Um, so why do you think we have people like Dr. Omar Johnson then? And do you agree with his way of thinking in the sense that almost black people need to remain within themselves in order to have their strength of identity? Black mm. people need to marry black people in order to keep things, you know, authentically black, you know, mm. or... Do you think this is quite divisive and actually counterproductive to, you know, unity and uh, understanding of one another? I'm going to take a sip before I answer. Go on, jump in. I can see you want to say something. Oh, Dr. Omar Johnson. I can understand why he, why he and a lot of people have that um, view of thinking especially with comments that you've mentioned within yourself mm. saying, oh, why do you have a chip on your shoulder? Yeah. Um, if you're, you're explaining your injustices and you're explaining mm. your truth and people aren't getting it and there's no change within it. And ultimately you're taught, if you, you, if you, you have to be the change that you wish to see. Mm -hmm. And if, you're, if your race is having issues for such a long time with integrating with the wider society, then the most logical thing to do would be to remain within your own race and build up your own communities mm. and marry within your own race. And because it's not just uh, about marriage, but it's more so about, as I say, rebuilding from the roots yourself mm. so that you're not reliant on the outer or the other. And so you can fully strengthen yourself to the point that you confidently know who you are. And the argument being, for those who don't know Dr. Emma Johnson or any of these arguments, it's the idea that if you were to have a, a white mother, let's say, they can't educate a black boy about what it really is to be black. Yeah. Or the white mother, as you mentioned, won't be able to relate to that 
chip on the shoulder and they see it as that rather than saying that no you have a right to be annoyed you have a right to be angry you have a right to be impassioned about this um you say oh gosh i will probably get dragged by somebody because of what i'm going to say <laughs> but Do it. i don't believe that i i don't i don't agree i mean he makes very valid points but I don't agree with it purely because I I wholly believe that human beings we are supposed to coexist and we're supposed to learn from one another. Um, history has interrupted that. Shaitan has got all in the mix and mm -hmm. kind of like got us living all mad in the dunya. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, I do believe that we should all strive to be able to um, to coexist in harmony. At the same time, we should also understand that we are of different tribes and we are of different cultures and we need to have full understanding of everybody, of all of the beautiful intricacies of our cultures and our tribes. Skinner, do you agree? Well, you know what? I love Dr. Umar. Like, okay. I love him. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think he is very eloquent. I think he's very knowledgeable. Um, I think he has issues sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, I think what I admire about him is that he's a black man that loves his community. Right. And I would also love him, even if he was an Asian man that also spoke like that about his community. Mm -hmm. I think we shouldn't be afraid of loving and being passionate about our community. And he just wants the best for his community. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with him with certain things and I think maybe I agree with him when he says about a white person or a white mother or a non-black uh, mother not being able to relate to um, their son's struggle mm -hmm. and you can speak to mixed race couples and they will say the same thing it's mm -hmm. the same thing when you have a mixed race daughter that has uh, afro hair mm -hmm. and white mothers struggle with how to kind of how to um, how to deal with afro hair mm -hmm. which is which is normal mm -hmm. um, I don't think that should be a reason of not ha getting married yeah, or not yeah. kind of looking for a partner. I think that's just, just a struggle that um, non-black people need to accept and they need to make sure that they try to um, to provide spaces and to provide education for their black children because that's what they're going to be considered as. They're not going to be considered as mixed race in society. Wow. They're considered as black because that's how they're going to be treated. Um, but I do understand what Dr. Um is saying in regards to investing in your community, loving your community, because as a black community, there is, um, I don't want to say there is very little love for ourselves, but mm. we struggle with loving ourselves. Because well, I was going to say, because what is the state of the youth in terms of the black community and knowing their history? You know, Do you feel that when you're delivering your projects, when you're delivering your work, mm. um, do you feel that young black people are losing that connection with their history? They and don't know their about path? their history. They really? don't, they, all they know about is... 50 cent, wait, 50 cent's really old. You know, no, but it's funny, I was going to say the same thing, it shows, yeah, we're both old. <laughs> it's um, not 50 yeah, cent, yeah. is it? What is it? Stormzy. Stormzy and all that, like, Giggsy and all these yeah, all nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they, that's what they know, That's because that's what they're taught. They're taught, as a black person in today's society, if you want to achieve and you want to, you know, you want to become big, become a musician, become a sports person. That's Athlete where you, you entertain, know. that's yeah. all you're allowed to be. That's right? what, that's okay. what you're going to, that's what you're going to be. And so it is at fault to our, our own community that we haven't taught uh, our youth about who they are. 
you know, because if they realised where they were coming from, if they realised about their history, they would realise that they're kings and queens. I know this sounds really cliche, but we are coming from a rich, rich history. If we're going back to Africa, we are coming from richness, okay? Allah has blessed us with so much, but we don't know about it. Mm. I look at my niece and nephew, when I'm speaking to them about Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali, these are just people that you think everyone would know, mm. and they don't know much about their struggle. Mm. When I remember, when I, as a child, and I sat and I watched Roots, mm. um, funny enough, I actually watched some of it in school. Okay. Um, I don't know if they do that anymore, but I watched some of it in school, um, and then I watched the rest of it at home, because my parents were like, you're watching this. It disturbed me, man. It, honestly, it, as a child, it made me hate white people. Really? After seeing Roots, I was full of hate and anger, and I just hated any white person that I saw, I hated them, which yeah. isn't right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It isn't right to kind of put that all on them, mm. on, on the people that we have today, on white people now. But it allowed me to, to be aware. And through that, I was able to kind of slowly get rid of that hate and get rid of that anger. Like I have so much admiration for Nation of Islam and that's kind of similar where, to, where Dr. Um is coming from. But my line is because I'm a Muslim, mm. I'm not gonna hate people for what their people have done. Um, I'm not gonna put a, a blame all on them. Um, I acknowledge that that's part of their history. But at the same time, we are all human, alhamdulillah. Um, and I have love for people. But <laughs> I was going to say something else. I, was gonna say. I have love for people, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, get, you know yeah. what, let's just full stop. Full stop there. I love, I love, I love all people. people. Love I love, all as people. a Muslim, no, we are I, 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 I get your point in the sense that, you know, whilst uh, it, it's, it is part of, you know, Caucasian history, European history, at the same time as that, the person who is born today can't necessarily take responsibility for something that has nothing to do with them other than by you know by them benefiting from the system that's that's their yeah, link yeah they that's their link. but again it's not their choice it's not yeah. to, it's just circumstances right it's what they do with that benefit yes, now yeah. and how they help those who aren't yeah. benefit and that can go for anybody whether it's white or, or other because as i say me as a brit um who's born here uh, i'm more I'm more basically comfortable than my family in Africa. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I have a duty to help my family in Africa, be it in whatever way that I can, right? So it works across the board, like you say. However, at the same time, people have to acknowledge their position of privilege. Yes. Though. That's the. And people have a big issue. As soon as you yeah. say white privilege, they're like, whoa, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's because of, of white guilt. Yeah. What A lot of the time, white people don't realize. I'm not saying to you, okay, you put my, you, Okay, yeah. you put my people in slavery for this many years, it's your fault. All I'm saying is that you benefit from a system that was on the backs of my people, acknowledge it and be aware that in certain circumstances, it, and it doesn't matter if you're a poor white person or a rich white person, because of the colour of your skin, mm. you're going to benefit because of the colour of your skin. It doesn't mean that you're going to experience, you're not going to experience difficulty. Of course, you know mm. what I mean? We all experience difficulties. But just be aware that because of the colour of your skin, you are going to um, benefit from certain privileges. Okay, okay, all right. Well, all right, so then speaking of, you know, uh, you know, privilege and that kind of thing, and the idea of, you know, whitewashing and, you know, uh, white is better. So what would you say to, you know, we're talking about modern culture at the moment when, you know, the idea of black and black crime in America and everything else, but what would you say to what's going on at the moment in regards to, like, Trumpism and, you know, that kind of resurgence of racism? Um, because, you know, again, there would be an argument to say, get over it and all that business. But wouldn't you argue that Trump and, mm. you know, the the whole narrative that has come out of that politically has shown us that we're still in the same position? I don't think it was a resurgence. It's just become more apparent now. 
Yeah. It's become a lot more apparent. I mean, you can elect a black president, but the amount of issues that happened in his um, in both of his presidential campaigns yeah. and the amount of um, shade that was thrown at um, Barack Obama mm-hmm. and the amount of disrespect that was um, placed on um, Michelle Obama as um, a politician's wife, mm-hmm. that's never been experienced well. Obviously, there's been spats here and there, but yeah. kind of like alluding to the way in which she looks. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's been members of Congress who even used to refer to Michelle as, um, they called her like a monkey dressed up or something. They do like, that she was a man as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's a man as well. I've seen those memes all over that's the internet. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've been so Do you think that's a direct relation to her being black, though? Definitely. Mm. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That amount of backlash and um, bearing in mind they're both very educated individuals mm. and then you have somebody like um, Donald Trump and um, everything that he ascribes to and aligns himself with, he's literally like just a caricature of what American culture is supposed to be mm. and you have, and, and he is it, he is a president now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Like, Trump does, is a president. Well, does that make sense? Well, okay, look, I mean, because we mentioned Obama within that then. So on reflection and with a bit of hindsight then, we've just had the first black president. Yet, we've got Trump thereafter and this whole, as I say, whether you call it resurgence or just people being more vocal about what they truly always felt. Why is that the case then? If we've just had that forward-thinking, progressive period of the first black president where we should be so proud. Mm. Why have we got this situation now? Then in Maybe opinion? they weren't so proud to have a, um, have the first black president. Uh, you know what I think is that I'm going to bring Dr. Uma back. Go, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> Dr. Uma said something really interesting um, where I love the Obamas, like Michelle and Barack, like, you know, first name basis. <laughs> You know, we go back, but I do. I really do love them as personalities, yeah, yeah. Uh, as individuals. Not like I know them, but I really do have like I take a liking to them mm-hmm. um, as a president. I think anybody in that position, even if you put some kind of like black the black power person in, a, in in the as a president, they can never be true to themselves because once you become president of America. You're no longer yourself. So I feel, unfortunately, I think we're going to see a lot more good things from Obama now that he's not a president. Dr. Omar says that Obama was literally there as the token black president to kind of um, feed black people to get excited. Like, yay, we finally achieved something. It's the black Mm. president. What Mm. did he do for black people? That's what we need to be asking. Mm. Yes, it was nice to see black people in the White House, Mm. you know, with dinners and, and he was quite cool. And that was amazing. And that's because I do believe he's got a really good, he's a good person. But... Other than that, what has when, when you look at um, you look at laws and you look at the when you look at the real stuff, mm-hmm. the real important stuff. What has he done for black people? And unfortunately, even though as I said, I love him, mm-hmm. he's not done much. <laughs> they love he going on this. <laughs> he actually hasn't done much, and that's because it, they just wanted they wanted him up there. So they is that say, his fault or is it the system's fault? It's the system. That's what I'm saying. It's the system. Really? Get someone that is. So is, do you agree? <laughs> do you agree? So mad in the dunya. <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening in the dunya. 
Nah. I have to be careful because my dad may see this. He's a very staunch Obama fan. Yeah, my mum loves really? Obama. Yeah. My mum loves him. See, I'm anarchy all the way. Like, I, personally, unfortunately, until I see an actual candidate which I can wholeheartedly believe in, I personally think they're all... They you're, all not gonna, you're not going to see anyone, they're honestly. You're not going to see anyone. I mean, anyone like, that makes it to the top, they're not going to, unfortunately... Well, why is that the case, though? Because, because uh, Islamically and historically, we should only give bayat allegiance to a leader if they are of piety, if they are worthy of that position. And the example I take from uh, the grandson of the Prophet Hussein, uh, Imam Hussein, uh, was that when the leader came about where they were not of that category, Previous to that, look, regardless of the political divides over mm. sectarianism, you know, uh, the family of the prophets still stood under the caliphates before. Yeah. The minute it came to Yazid and Muawiyah, they're like, nah, bun this. Mm. Because at the end of the day, principle is principle. Yeah. I can't stand behind somebody who I feel is oppressing people. So should not Obama take more responsibility as no, an individual? I, I, you know what? I just, I 100% believe, I'm not going to bring in this Illuminati stuff. Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> But I 100% believe, unfortunately, when you in that position yeah. it we think that america is controlled or countries full stop are controlled by the prime minister or by the president mm -hmm. no there's people behind that, that are kind of pulling the strings and they yeah. know what they're doing yeah. so just having a black president isn't going to change history isn't even going to if as you said if we look now mm. it's the black lives matter movement have come up while obama was kind of uh, about to leave yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. it's it's kind of foolish for us to think that just having a black president which is a great achievement it's not going to change everything. And unfortunately, we have to be wary of not getting too excited and, and using these tools to kind of um, just remove the reality of racism that is very, very prominent, especially So do you in think in a way that it was a way to pacify you guys in a sense? I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think so, unfortunately. Um, but once again, I do love Obama. But I do think that is that is the reason. And mm. now that Trump is here, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of it kind of just makes quite, sense. Yeah, know? I was going to say it's quite it's evident. Just, I mean, hmm. well, I, okay. So then, you know, uh, taking it then to something which happened recently, um, the Dove advert. Mm. Yeah? Um, there's two things I'm talking about: Dove advert and Get Out, right? Yeah. Um, so the Dove advert. <laughs> this is exactly what we're talking about. It's this whole discussion in illustration in that. There's an advert which basically was supposed to show, you know, togetherness and unification and, and all this kind of stuff and diversity. However, um, it was then taken in completely the opposite way by certain people in that as soon as they saw the image of a black person washing themselves with Dove soap um, and then changing into a white person, yeah. it suggested like, you know, clean yourself and you become white. However, apparently later on in the video, there was also a light-skinned person of, um, I think it was like a more Asian or Oriental yeah. um, kind of origin, who washes themselves and becomes black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, two argument being, you're taken out of context because you're really defensive and got a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. And the other being though, yeah, but ultimately you would feel like that because it's not you who's being told that you know, white is better. Yeah. But then historically, Dove, back in like the um, yeah. 18th mm -hmm. century, mm -hmm. they actually did have so um, soap products where they would be bathing a black child and um, the child would come out white. Okay. Historically, Dove has had, um, has promoted um, bleaching agents mm -hmm. for skin lightening. 
But, I mean, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but that being in the past, so do you think that this was an intended thing then from them? Or do you think it was just a mistake, a clumsy mistake? Or what, I mean, what are you trying to say? Because... I mean, realistically speaking, I think coming from um, an advertising point of view, I can see that um, everybody wants to reach their diversity quota. Yeah. So... For me personally, when I saw the Dove um, advert, I took it for what it was. It's like, it was literally just marketing. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to go down about um, the subliminal messaging and coding about um, coding that's done in um, advertising anyway. um, Recently at my workplace, we've done like a, an unconscious bias course where they showed us a clip of um, young children um, talking, they said they would draw a picture of a fireman or draw a picture of a pilot or a surgeon Mm -hmm. and they all drew pictures of men and then they brought in the surgeons and the pilots and the firefighters and they were all women. So that is conditioning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, even if it wasn't meant to um, offend anybody or you weren't trying to say why is right, Mm There has been social conditioning throughout throughout centuries now where black is bad and white is pure. You've got um, advertisements. That was just like, that went viral last year of um, um, a Chinese soap powder. <laughs> that was messed up. Where, <laughs> that was messed up. Where the black man tries to kiss her. She chucks him in the um, washing machine. He comes out as an Asian guy, as a Chinese guy. I was like, what kind of washing machine is that? <laughs> Well, I mean, no, because it's true that even in uh, the Eastern world, and I think this could be a direct result of, again, you know, British history and, you know, imperialism and colonialism, that, again, even in the Asian world and the Far East, the lighter skin you are, the better. Yeah, I mean, you've got um, your casting system in India. Sorry, I sounded so cockney just now. This is like, <laughs> what about your cast system? Ain't my cast system. No, but I get what you're, it's, no, you it's know true. what I mean? That's no, true, you've got it's the true, yeah. System. And that is exactly a direct effect of just merely uh, kind of working situations. So those who worked in the fields would naturally be under the sun, so they become darker skin. Mm. But because that's their working in the fields they're obviously doing a lower class job and it all gets associated in turn and therefore it becomes now again black is poor black is this black is that you know somebody said to me the other day oh she's really pretty for a dark skinned girl you know that's the kind of thing you get even in the Asian community so do you find that happens in the black community similarly then and this whole thing of dove and you know this idea of you know white is better has that translated then do you find whereby young black people want to be lighter skinned yeah I think that's just not even just but every Every single community, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you have that. Uh, with the Dove community, just to say, it, I, I kind of, when I first saw the first the first part, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I saw the full advert, I was like, you know what, it's all right. And to be honest, I don't know any black person that uses Dove. Do you know? <laughs> I, I use Dove. Do you use Dove? I use Dove. It smells nice. Dove won't dry your skin no, like I, so I've can. not bought it of late. Yeah. Because like, um, that don't work on my skin. It doesn't. <laughs> I feel like we're going to do a whole speaking, other podcast now, guys. Like, yeah. Because it smells nice. Oh, does it? But okay. realistically mm. speaking, mm. It, it, it doesn't work for yeah. our skin type. So it's not... Yeah, it's I, not I, I really wasn't offended by the Dove, dove advert. No, I think I it's... Um, I thought it was quite... Com- I was like, oh, gosh. What's happened now, sort of thing. Well, but this is what I'm saying. Do you find, though, that people that 
overreact and sometimes take away from the legitimacy of the real argument. I think in I this case, an overreaction. I think in this sometimes. case, unfortunately, it it was. In okay, this, you don't in think this it was an overreaction case. per se. You think there was some validity in it because of Dove's history, but you think that not it was even like that. Overreaction. I just think. Or no? I just think, in general, people need to be more mindful. People can say, "Oh, you've got a chip on your shoulder," or "Why do you keep on going on about it?" It's because, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying, people? We can't say what we really believe. We're getting shut out here. It's a drive-by. No, yeah, no, sorry. Just keep me on your toes. Keep me on your toes, guys. Like, testing you, testing you. Are you really hood? Like, do you know what I mean? You shouldn't react. Just no, we're not really, back. really. You guys are just so ends. cool. You're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's just like a Tuesday to me. So um, yeah, um, but yeah, go on. Sorry. Gunshot gone. Um, I think that advertising organisations need to be very mindful about the messages that they disseminate in yeah. general because mm-hmm. there has been a lot of conditioning anyway and we are more progressive and people are, are more inclined to speak their truths now in comparison to before where and I don't know it's just the advancement of technolo- technology now yeah. whereas before you were able companies were able to get away with things in such a um at such a wide scale because not everybody's going to write to ofcom mm-hmm. and complain about things yeah. now if you see something um go viral everything goes viral on the mm-hmm. internet mm-hmm. and everybody who has a voice uses their voice very freely yeah. so comp- organizations need to be more mindful and realistically speaking when you think about buying power anyway they are mm-hmm. mainly catering to a white audience true 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 arguably so arguably so well i mean then you know and to my other um you know uh discussion about the film get out um i'm jumping all over the gap but just (laughs) because it's so relevant in so many different ways you know what do you reckon they were trying to say then with that film do you think they were trying to make any social commentary i mean not specifically about Kanye west and kardashians necessarily but (laughs) even though there can be a parallel there but just in the idea of, again, when we're talking about white is better, when we're talking about assimilating, integrating, all these kind of things, the idea is that you have to become one of them in order to integrate rather than being yourself within that space. You know, what do you, what do you guys reckon? I don't know if you watched the film yeah, or not. Did you watch it? it. Like, were uh, you offended by it? You know what? Did you like it? Or I watched it by my, I, I don't watch thrillers because I okay. get really scared. Okay. Like, I get so scared. <laughs> yeah. And I always want someone to that. tell yeah, me. And I like to watch it with someone because then I can be like, what happens next? Or I close my eyes or I walk <laughs> into the room. But I actually watched Get Out by myself. Um, and so it was really scary for brave, me. Brave. I was very brave. Yeah. <laughs> I watched like months after it came out. Okay. But I just think it was brilliant. It was just so so good the way just the characters mm-hmm. just the co- like just the lines certain lines and even just like the 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 symbolism in it it was just brilliant and for me it was just it was so obvious like mm-hmm. i don't understand someone watching that film and just taking it away and, and thinking oh that was a good film about a man who had a family that was uh, wanted to go after him like mm-hmm. if you see it like that then you're messed up yourself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because it, everything was so obvious from just from the beginning to when I don't know if anyone's watched. We, it's okay though, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's been yeah, out yeah, for a while now. Spoilers are cool. There's so much commentary about it on Twitter and social okay, media. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to be one well, of those. Yeah, I was going to say that you've been having to live under a rock if you don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's true. Like, so, yeah. But I like uh, when the dare actually gets um, knocked over and just something so small, like you just think, oh, it's just the dare that gets knocked over. But the way that um, 
the black dude, I don't even know his name. I call him the black dude and the white girl. <laughs> but the way that the black dude, he actually responds to it in comparison to the, to the white girl, he automatically goes to see if the dare is okay. He automatically, because, and this is what some people say, because apparently the dare is meant to represent the millions of um, of black people that have been killed, you know. So he was able to relate to the black dare, and you see, and they because they kind of focus into his eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas the white girls just like, oh, you know. Yeah. And and when they get to the, the the parents' house, it's like, oh, I'm so happy that you killed that dare. All the, all of these dares coming into our country and taking it over. He didn't say those words. No, <laughs> but it was basically paraphrasing. Yeah. Paraphrasing. <laughs> was, so I just think it was really really brilliant. I think yeah. it's something that should be shown in school, apart from the ending, which was a bit gruesome yeah yeah but it's uh it's good because it starts a conversation and it allows people to realize that racism is not dead it's not gone it's mm. still very very much part of our society mm. well again as i say that's why i thought it was relevant to discuss because uh if we're needing to make films as such in today's times and it really does say something about mm. how we haven't necessarily progressed um, and history is repeating itself and therefore it is still essential for us to be reminding ourselves yeah. of these truths um, yeah interesting what interesting. did you think of it well I thought similarly as you say I think I thought it was just starkly obvious what they were trying to yeah. say um, and I felt that it was spot on uh, in regards to the commentary that they're making yeah. about um, you know the way in which uh, people of colour are viewed in American society as I say yeah don't watch that we'll, we'll give you a detention afterwards no phones <laughs> no phones um, but yeah no 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 but it's interesting as I said you know um, because uh, everyone else was like oh it's just a fictional narrative or whatnot, you know um, and predominantly those were English people um, but mm. yeah as I say everyone other was just like it's so bait what they're trying yeah. to say I thought I just think anybody who thought it was just a fictional narrative mm. do you not watch films in general and figure out that there's there like message, themes yeah. and there's always a message there I mean yesterday I went to go watch King's um, Kingsman The Golden Circle mm. and for me I picked that film because I thought it's going to be very light hearted it's going to require very minimal brain power <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to laugh ha ha he he and leave but even within something like that, which was very slapstick and quite crude, mm -hmm. there was still a big, like, philosophical point, mm -hmm. like, about... Well, you, you've got to think that, In you general. Know. So it's like every type of producer or um, screenwriter, they, yeah. there is a message that they're trying to convey. Mm -hmm. And Get Out, even though it was an amazing film, I have to say, but it covered so many different themes, even um, when they were kind of like transport, um, kind of like doing the transplant yeah, of personalities yeah, yeah. into the different bodies mm. and the missing people. There is such a big issue with missing black people yeah. that doesn't receive yeah. as much um, press coverage as it does with our white counterparts. Well, I think it's even in the case of like crisis generally, like, you know, we, I've mentioned this on the last podcast you know when we saw a fair skin face wash up on the lesbos beach everyone started reacting you know not that everyone's plight isn't important mm -hmm. but we were saying that you know people from africa have been doing that journey for years yeah. dying yeah. on boats and like you know in the sea and whatnot yeah. um because you've got to think most of uh africa's still war-torn unfortunately yeah. Yeah. Um, um but you know as i say it's it's relevant because uh you know people young people especially like we say if they are uh, feeling lost if they have um you know distanced themselves from their roots uh, i think it's excellent that 
in whatever way we can, whether it be through modern entertainment, we yeah. still pass that message. Yes. So I've got to give you know props to that director yeah. um, or that scriptwriter because yeah, I thought Get Out was an Brilliant. awesome social commentary um, mm. and something that needs to be highlighted because a lot of people nowadays follow popular culture and probably see people like Kanye West and think that's the epitome of what I want to be as a black person to achieve yeah. success. Do you ever think about that as a young you know young black people? How you know these kind of pop stars and R&B stars because it's funny all of them claim to be so hip-hop and ghetto and mm. grimy but if you notice every single one of them when they get to the top there ain't no black girl on their arm oh don't oh, in it, it, it don't, true, don't start Isn't now it don't true, bring though? that in don't it's funny they're repping how hard they are and how black you they are you are the devil's advocate today <laughs> like, it's funny he's like, gonna get me going I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> 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 I don't want you to that thought I think no it's true it's true because it's like realistically speaking Malcolm X said it like black women are treated they, they are treated the worst and they're not depicted as desirable and as we mentioned we've touched upon before mm. we are That's sometimes what the doctor thing, labeled yeah. as the angry black woman mm. or um oh shall i give them a spoiler about the um black and muslim and yeah yeah, yeah, love. yeah oh yeah you know what i mean yeah okay <laughs> so um one of our participant participants, yeah. um, a beautiful sister called Amira Marius, mm. she says that a lot of the time black men say that black women are so harsh and why are they so harsh? Okay. Um, and she makes a beautiful analogy about diamonds and charcoal, okay. but you're going to have to tune in on Wednesday <laughs> Love it. to watch it. Okay. Um, that is Black and Muslim in Britain. We have a Facebook page. We do release the video on Facebook. I'm looking directly because I'm kind of like, you know, yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we are also on YouTube, Black and Muslim in Britain. <laughs> and um, episode three will be dropping at 8 p.m. on Wednesday this week, inshallah. inshallah. And it's about being black and finding love. And that it comes of it's interesting because within that um when we interviewed a lot of the women yeah. uh, it was that narrative of feeling as though the black woman is not loved it's kind of at the bottom of society yeah, yeah, yeah. um and our response because we did an amazing launch um at the beginning of of uh, october for black history month mm -hmm. and alhamdulillah it was sold out people mm -hmm. responded really well so it was five eight different videos that we showed people um online we're releasing five so in response to being black and finding love uh, one of the comments was um why is it that we're always talking so negatively about the black woman? Mm -hmm. And it made me think because I'm of the opinion of, you know, black women, unfortunately, I don't, I don't feel loved from black men. And uh, I don't feel this love from, from any other colors, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But the person was saying that we shouldn't reinforce those negative stereotypes. We should actually speak positively about the black woman. And once we start speaking positively about the black woman, then inshallah you're kind of sending echoes of love and, and so on, which I do agree, hmm. but we also have to talk about the reality. And unfortunately, the reality is um, within all communities, black, or as you said, being darker, mm -hmm. anywhere near black is seen as something um, dirty or seen as something low. And we have to recognise this so that we can confront it and deal with it, you know. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, I mean, you know, before, because uh, I know that we've we've been going over an hour now, but I've still got more stuff I want to oh chat to you. Oh, my gosh. You told me you were like, yeah, what are we going to talk about? Like, you know, like, there's so much to talk about. I need to go I've got Nuri in the background going, man wants to sleep, like, you know I mean? um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, to close then, um, you know, we talk, uh, we just, you touched upon some of the work you're doing. Um, and I'm going to try and double load this one so that, you know, it, we can close it with uh, one question effectively. Um, but 
black bias within Islamic history and the way that we're taught Islam in itself, yeah. I think is also something which really needs to kind of be addressed. Mm. Um, how do you feel about that? And what is your project doing to impact young people, both in terms of, as said, the wider history, as well as Islamic black history? You can't, how are you going to end with that? Because that's going to take like another hour for us to discuss that. Maybe that is serious. All right, so Maybe let's go. With, well, yeah, go, go with firstly, is there an issue with uh, bias in terms of Islamic history? And, you know, like, for instance, I remember the other day I must have said to um, a friend of mine, you know what, I reckon uh, I was researching, and, da, 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 and you know, like, uh, Nabi Suleiman was supposed to be the most beautiful prophet and blah, blah, blah. I heard he might have been black, actually. You yes. know, and there's a lot of evidence that he probably yeah. was. And, you know, God was saying he is the epitome of beauty on this earth and so he chose a black person to be the archetype you know mm. it's funny and the person just couldn't digest it mm. nah man no way no way just mm. couldn't uh, digest it the only thing they digest is that Bilal and may Allah bless him he's kind of like the token black person so anytime you kind of because he's a slave I don't know what I don't know why I don't know why every single time you're like yes the, unfortunately Muslims are racist but sister sister let me explain to you okay we have Bilal. I know we have Bilal, but we have thousands of wow. other black Muslims wow. that have been, that have contributed to Islam that nobody talks about. Hajar? You know, Hajar, um, Nana Asma Danfodio. We have Um Ayman. We have, of course, we have Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, and all those people as well. We have Lady Fidda, who was a companion of the Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, who lived during the time of the Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. and interacted with the Prophet Muhammad. She used to only communicate through Quran. Mm-hmm. That's what she was known as, wow. you know. She was wow. a, a servant of, of Fatima, but she was anytime anyone spoke to her mm-hmm. she would respond in quran yeah. that's 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 where she's at mm-hmm. you look at um Ayman baraka who mashallah may allah bless her who was the only one of the only companions to be at the birth of the prophet muhammad mm-hmm. and was there at his deathbed you know she was there throughout his whole life and he said to her she's my mother after my own mother oh, he sat and he massaged her feet you know and this was a black woman so we have, and these are just two examples during the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi We look at Sheikh Uthman Danfodio, we look at Mansa Musa. We have so many um, individuals that have contributed to Islam that we don't know, that the Muslim community doesn't know. And because of that, we start to see Islam as a religion that is just for Arabs and Asians, not realizing that the first place that Islam went to, stepped outside of Mecca, Absolutely. before Medina, okay, was Ethiopia. And then, to be honest, there's an argument also that you would say that the Africans even were the first to accept Islam before the Arabs, because mm. the Arabs rejected them. Mm. And they had to bust out, yeah. because yeah. the Arabs were too arrogant and still in their yeah. paganism, right? Yeah. Uh, you could go further and further. I mean, Timbuktu, Mali was supposedly the most educated place in the world. Well, yeah. you know, uh, now what do we talk about it? You know, we talk of Timbuktu as that place nobody knows of. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. oh, it's somewhere like Timbuktu. You know? <laughs> and it was the actual opposite, where yeah. it's like, have you been to Timbuktu? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, clearly, there is an issue even within our Islamic history and our Islamic upbringing and teachings. So, finally, then, so what is the work that you're doing? What's your project all about in regards to? to this Black History Month? Is it something you only do one month a year? Is it something you carry through the year? Do you work in schools? Well, you know, how are you going about strategizing to make an impact with the, you know, black activism? Who wants to take that one? (laughs) Jump on it, jump on it, jump on it, plug it, plug it. So the Black and Muslim in Britain um, project was initially, 
supposed to be a pilot for Black History Month. Filming began in October 2016 and um, there was a good response from the participants but then what, it, what, what was then discovered was that we needed to have a bit more time to um, capture everything that we wanted the project to be yeah. and um, that required time so we decided to launch in October 2017 for Black History Month purely because our co-producer Mohammed Mohammed is not with us today he noticed with his work within ISOC's community that there's not much um, covered about black Muslim history wow. or we're not included in the discussion moreover as a black as being black and being Muslim we find that we're in we're in a little kind of like gray area mm. where we're too Muslim for the black community <laughs> and too black for the Muslim community wow, okay. so, so we're, we're kind of <laughs> like left out place of, to be yeah, yeah you're yeah. left out of a lot of discussions mm. and it was very important to capture like how that is interpreted and how black and um, being black and Muslim translates in um, British society mm -hmm. and the issues that we face and to capture all of those narratives in its authenticity and um, its raw form and to not kind of like um, edit it out to reach a general kind of like narrative we just present it with open-ended questions what you see is what you get yeah. and that's their truths and we're exhibiting that um, and it shows the reality it's because a lot of the time sometimes the black Muslim community can be limited to racism right, you know yeah. which is very true yeah. but we are much more than that We're, you know when you're talking about black Muslims you don't only need to talk about racism you can yeah, talk yeah. about our culture our mm. traditions our families we're reverts we're converts we're born Muslims we are from, from Africa we are from the Caribbean there's so much to learn about our black Muslim community and so we wanted to present both the positives and the negatives so we mm. look at even black female ro um, black muslim role models we look at being black and finding love we look at about uh, islam being part of black history month we look at um the strangest things that people have said to black muslims mm, but we also talk about what uh, black muslims what's the, the thing that you love most about islam mm -hmm. so it is important that we balance that positive image as well as uh, the realities as well okay excellent excellent well inshallah we hope that uh well how people can follow you and to make sure that they keep up with the work that you're doing or it get in attendance chuck your handles out there you know plug it plug it plug it what are you on social media wise <laughs> are you like social media like um you know happy in terms of are you on all platforms is there any specific few platforms you guys run on you know what, what where can we find you we're exclusive you know so it's like we're not we're not everywhere <laughs> so you can find us on facebook black and muslim in britain we are on twitter bmb project and we are on youtube black and britain in muslim and obviously you know we mentioned at the beginning both of you are very creative obviously Soraya with your poetry and <laughs> sakina and your sister with pearls of islam um you know where can we find you know you guys in that respect is you doing any poetry slams or any performances or in the near future where we can catch you or you know anything which we should be excited about Soraya? 
Oh gosh, I'm busy this week. Um, <laughs> okay, so on um, Thursday evening, yeah. I'm going to be performing some poetry at an interfaith event Sweet. with um, Nisa Nisham. They're a um, project that collaborates with Muslim and Jewish women. Nice um, I'll be performing alongside Jamana Moon. And on Saturday, mm-hmm. one of our participants in the video, Nima Asghar, she's a beautiful Somali poet. Um, she is hosting her poetry event called Poetry and Sha. Um, Sha in Somali means tea, nice. and it's just um, basically reviving the art of um, poetry recitation, the Somali culture of poetry recitation and drinking tea. Um, so mm. I'll be um, <laughs> nice. performing um, some poetry there as well. Word, word, word. Um, inshallah, at the Poetry Cafe in. Covent Garden. I was about to say Camden. Don't know why, but it's in Covent Garden, and that would be from six thirty. Um, inshallah, tickets can be bought on the door, and I think it is five pounds. Sweet. Make sure we check that out then. And Sakina, what about yourself? What's Pearls of Islam doing nowadays? You know, I always forget my Instagram and my <laughs> Facebook. I'm not on Twitter because Twitter's too much for me to be honest. But Instagram, we're at Pearls dot of Islam. Yeah. Uh, Facebook Pearls of Islam. Um, this week and uh, next week. I'm kind of dedicating, hopefully, the month of October for drumming workshops. Nice. Um, so really trying to, cause so many people, so many sisters yeah. uh, and children really want to get into drumming. And it's it's a great form and it's a tradition that is very, very deep, re, rooted deep within the Islamic tradition definitely, when it comes to definitely. women and children. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be teaching drumming and singing, inshallah. Um, next week, we're going to be up in Manchester, in Oldham, sorry, um, doing some singing as well. Uh, I'm not sure... My, I don't know too much about the event, but I'm sure everyone is welcome, inshallah. inshallah. But um, yeah, anything else, just follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram. That's the best way. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I well, didn't give my handles. Saraya Bar. Give your handles. Chuck it again. Do it. Do it. Oh, do it's it. just literally everything. It's Saraya Bar. You got to spell Saraya. Yeah, you got to spell that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because everybody spells my name wrong. Like, everybody. <laughs> it's not an easy one, though. It's a difficult one. No, it's easy. It's S A R A I Y A. I don't know why I chuck my eyes in it randomly. And then, no, it's like, it's Muslims, they like, they just like to add a H. Yeah, they get rid of my H, man. They don't put a H on my name. Oh, they add a H. Yeah, they need to put an H on my name. And eyes and like... Put a H on it. (laughs) Put a H on it. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, okay. And finally, I just have to point out, we lost our Facebook live feed about five minutes ago, but that's not a problem um, because we still got the audio. So apologies to anybody on Facebook because you're not listening to me now anyway, so it don't matter. Um, But yeah, Noreen, what happened there, bro? Um, But yeah, it's all good. It's all good. SoundCloud people, we love you more. Okay. So, uh, well, look. I think also before, I don't know if the comment will still be there, but I'm going to do this. Yeah, so before we go, um, just to qualify, remember Christine Breedlove? Yeah. She came back and she said, sorry, I just meant that so many people ignore what is still happening with racism and discrimination and education of other races, cultures and historical tragedies could help keep it from happening again. Um, so, yeah, so in an actual way... Um, she actually meant the absolute opposite. So apologies to, to Christine, but clarify, clarify, please. We love you, Christine. Uh, we love yeah, you, Christine. Indeed. And that makes it um, a lot more succinct in terms of we agree because ultimately, as I said, you know, Black History Month, inshallah, and all history should be celebrated. And therefore, hopefully, we can learn from our previous mistakes and history won't repeat itself. Yeah, because inshallah. then, yeah, we can rectify that. Yeah, and she said the system was constantly blocking Obama. 
so she's with you. Yeah, breathing yeah, love. Chat, chat. Okay, so look, well, thank you very much, sisters, for joining us today um, on the TMV podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, and at the same time as that, I feel like I can be a bit more black now, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah no, no that, that, if that's what you've learned, then I don't know. We need to have another interview, man. If that's what you've learned. <laughs> See, I knew it. Um, okay, anyway, no, thank you very much, sisters. I'm joking around. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Inshallah, we hope to see you back on the Muslim Bar. Inshallah. Thank you for having us. Thank you. 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 Th